Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Parkinson's Recovery. This is Robert Rogers, and this is the place to be on Thursdays at 11 o'clock Pacific Time or 2 o'clock Eastern Time if you live in the United States to get information, resources, and support if you have the symptoms of Parkinson's. I interview guests every week. Some of these guests are healthcare providers and others have the symptoms of Parkinson's, but in each program, we are able to offer suggestions of what you can do to get relief from the symptoms of Parkinson's. There are many opportunities out there for what you can do that can make a huge difference. Today, my very special and quite incredible guest is Kevin Lockett. Kevin is a physical therapist who has years of experience working with individuals who have neurological challenges and more specifically with Parkinson's disease. So Kevin really knows just about everything there is to know about what helps somebody who has mobility challenges. If that happens to be the case for you, I want to invite you to listen to this show from the start to the very end. What you're going to hear are some suggestions that, if implemented, uh, will clearly help you, if you're having mobility challenges, get relief and be able to walk with greater ease and poise. So it's my uh, my pleasure to uh, now begin to play the first segment of my pre-recorded interview with physical therapist Kevin Lockett. Kevin Lockett is my very special guest today. Kevin is a physical therapist who has worked extensively with individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's for 20 years. Uh, He has a uh, truly impressive Resume. He is a recent president of HAPTA, HAPTA, which for those of you that may not know is the Hawaii chapter of the American Physical Therapy Association. And uh, Kevin is the primary author of a medical text on rehabilitation conditioning with physical disabilities. Uh, he, he really has extensive experience in acute rehabilitation and uh, is the founder of what is now the nation's largest wellness program for persons with physical disabilities at the Rehabilitation Institute of Chicago. So uh, we are uh, we have a special treat uh, in summary to be able to talk with uh, Kevin today. Well, thanks for joining us today, Kevin. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. How did you get into doing physical therapy? Oh, actually, I started my career uh, wanting to be a journalist and uh, went to the University of Missouri uh, journalism, pre-journalism program. But I always had interest in health, and uh, I always thought those early years of uh, journalism classes were a waste, but ended up uh, melding the two careers and, and uh, did a lot of uh, – have opportunities to write grants and – different publications on, uh, on health-related issues. But uh, health has always been an um, interest of mine personally, and, and then the ability to, to uh, be in a profession where I can help others was, was the, my, my main uh, drawing card. 
You've clearly uh, lived in different places uh, in the in the world, uh, from Chicago to now living in Hawaii. What was it that drew you to Hawaii? Uh, just uh, the climate. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, I grew up in Missouri, and um, which can be quite uh, cold, although we have distinct seasons. And then Chicago was just was was pretty cold and uh yeah i was kind of just drawn to the whole lifestyle and the ability to be active uh, year-round now why should anyone with parkinson's consider seeing a physical therapist well i, I think uh um physical therapy with parkinson's uh is very very helpful but one thing important to to note is that uh if you are seeking a physical therapist you, you need to do a little bit of homework in regards to um trying to find a therapist in your area who has experience, uh, at least with neurological cases and, 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 and even better with Parkinson's because uh, their physical therapy is a wide um, spectrum uh, from orthopedics to pediatrics. And, and so uh, you don't want to just see a, a generalist. Physical therapy, we, we train, well, my, my approach to uh, working with persons uh, who have Parkinson's is uh, two primary things. One is, is to, to really try to teach and instruct on exercises for posture because uh, posture plays a very, very important role in uh, move, movement. And uh, can, uh, the Parkinson's symptoms can be amplified by certain postures. And the second uh, part is, is uh, teaching techniques and strategies for movement, especially during the periods of uh, where the medications are wearing off. And, and that's when uh, those uh, strategies will become very helpful and, and hopefully keep people out of trouble. And then the third piece, actually, is really interesting, too, is the, um, the research that's out about exercise in general in regards to, uh, you know, possibly being one thing that may be neuroprotective. And so, so I think if you can find a physical therapist uh, who has experience with Parkinson's, that uh, you know those three areas can have a, just a tremendous impact, you know, on, on a person's ability to uh, stay mobile and, and in some cases actually improve depending upon what, you know, what, what state they are with their mobility. You really have had extensive experience working with persons who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. Was that just something that happened as a natural course of events or did you seek that out? Well, I've worked with, uh, uh, I've been a neurological based therapist my whole career and so uh, throughout my whole career I I've, would, well, would work with persons who've had Parkinson's. Uh, in the last um, Seven years, uh, it's just kind of escalated, and I, I, uh, I don't know if it, it, it kind of evolved. It wasn't like a, a exact plan, but we started a clinic. It was partially supported by uh, National Parkinson's Foundation to uh, put together interdisciplinary clinics around the nation, and so we got a small grant, and we uh, had a team that we put together with a neurologist, a social worker, occupational therapist, physical therapist, and a nurse. Uh, educator once we started the clinic in hawaii's you know there's a population of honolulu is around a million but it's really a small town <laughs> it's a <laughs> small town so the word just kind of uh, gets around and then uh, i've i taught a lot at uh, many different support groups for parkinson's uh, teaching technique before i knew it 70 percent of the, the uh, patients that i see in my, my work had parkinson's and, and that's still the case today and i, I actually find it very fascinating and, and uh um, this has been a gift to work with the people that I that I've uh, encountered uh, since uh, my path went went this way. 
Is there any benefit to seeing a physical therapist after first seeing the symptoms, or is there more benefit for a person for them to wait until the symptoms get a little bit worse? Um, well, in both cases, physical therapy can be beneficial, but my uh, philosophy now, with <laughs> working with uh, people for as many years as I have, um, is the earlier the better. And I, uh, I, I work with... Uh, Predominantly neurologists, and, and, and so some of the neurologists will will send me a, a, a person who's newly diagnosed right away, and they may have very very little symptoms, uh, um, or at least very little uh, difficulty with with mobility. But uh, uh, to me, that's an opportunity to, to really teach the person uh, things to pretty much avoid uh, and stave off some of the physical symptoms as the disease progresses, and so. Uh, my philosophy, the earlier that um, I have an opportunity to provide education, uh, get people on the right program, um, the better off they're going to be in, in the long run and hopefully avoid, uh, avoid some, um, you know, some of the difficulties uh, with mobility. You mentioned the uh, evidence of research on exercise, which is uh, so, so encouraging. Do you personally see positive effects when you work with individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's? That is, do you actually see that they get better when they follow the recommendations of the educators and do some of the things that you recommend? Yeah, well, there's, there's, there's a couple, again, there's, to me, I, I look at it, I, there's three parts to what I teach. One is, is posture. And, uh, um, and posture plays such a, real, a very important role, especially as the disease progresses. Um, and so I really uh, focus on the postural muscles um, and uh, to try to keep people upright as, as possible because uh, my experience has been that uh, the stronger that your postural muscles are, and I'm ta uh, talking basically your, your hip extensors and your upper back muscles, the, the uh, less likely that, you know, freezing episodes will happen. A lot of times, you know, it's when your center of gravity gets so far advanced in front of you that you know that kind of triggers a lot of the speaking things, and so if uh, if I can help people understand and help people train their postural muscles, um, then a lot of times you can avoid you know, some of those uh, um, issues with freezing. Uh, in regards to exercise and, and uh, some of the research that's uh, out there, um, you know, one of the more um, known research pro uh, projects was out of the uh, University of Pittsburgh about the monkeys. It basically, had a couch potato monkey and the exercise monkey, and, um, and they showed tremendous, uh, 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 the exercise monkey uh, moved much, much better, and the, the cash potato monkey uh, had quite a, quite a bit of difficulties. Um, so I, I look at that research, and, and, I, and I, uh, there's not really, um, uh, they haven't concluded on what is the best exercise. Uh, you know, uh, is it, you know, uh, aerobic, resistive training, or if it is aerobic, you know, what is the trigger to, um, you know, hopefully have uh, the same results as the monkeys did. Anecdotally, what I've experienced is that uh, I have a group of patients when they come in and exercise uh, that they do better, not just after that day, but two or three days later. And, and um, upon discharge, uh, in one of our clinics, we have a, basically a full gym. Um, they never get discharged. They just come... Uh, once they're independent, they come and they exercise, and, and they do not miss. And I tell you what, you know, just anecdotally what they'll tell me is that 
well, you know, after I exercise, I feel great, and, and I, I move much better for two to three days. And in some instances, one uh, one person consistently says that she forgets to take her medication sometimes because she's moving so much better. So there's there's definitely something to, you know, physical activity and exercise, uh, uh, more so than just, um, you know, the general benefits, I think, from, you know, that you get from exercise. Um, so I, there's definitely something to it, and, and I'm looking forward to uh, – uh, you know the follow-up studies, especially uh, from uh, uh, Dr. Zygmunt. He's he's the one that's from the University of Pittsburgh. But there's a lot of other studies going on uh, with with physical activity. So I'll, I'll just look forward to that. In the meantime, we'll we'll keep up with kind of a pragmatic approach uh-huh. to uh, keeping people active. Would you uh, recommend, in general, to a person with the symptoms of Parkinson's that they attempt to get some movement exercise every day, or would your recommendation be at least every two or three days, or what would be the idea that would uh, you would encourage people to consider? Every day. I really think that, that you, you have to keep moving, uh, um, um, and, and the benefits are every day. And again, with the postural uh, muscles, too, you want to... It's better to uh, uh, when initially, if somebody has a hard time, a lot of people, people will be at different levels that that I'll see. Um, a lot of people are still working or very busy, but I encourage them to do it every day. And, and so, for those type of people, I set up uh, what I call my 15 minute program, and I just ask them, you know, you can find 10 and 15, or 10 to 15 minutes every day, and, and do this because it's important to you know. Uh, um, be consistent with with uh, you know giving your nervous system this feedback of movement and and posture, uh, and so you're much better off doing 10 to 15 minutes every day than uh, uh, trying to block off a half hour, an hour, two to three times a week. Because uh, a lot of people are busy, that trying to find that hour is kind of an insurmounting uh, uh, task. Um, but then they miss out the benefits of, of again giving the nervous system the feedback and, and, the, and the benefits of, uh, of movement every day. So uh, that's kind of a long-winded answer, but uh, <laughs> I think that I think definitely it needs to be part of somebody's um, – it uh, needs to be part of your life for the rest of your life, really. And, and not just with Parkinson's. If you stay active, I mean, if you look at all the literature, you know, your risk for – uh, pretty much, you know, any disability uh, and health risk go down greatly, you know, with as your physical activity increases. So, but uh, I think uh, it's just twofold for for Parkinson's. It really needs to be a uh, part of your life. We'll be right back with Kevin Lockett after this short station break. I'm Robert Rogers, and you're listening to my interview with physical therapist Kevin Lockett. Parkinson's Recovery will be live and in the flesh delivering a two-and-a-half-day Jump Start to Wellness program in San Diego, California, October. If you're interested in getting more information, you can go to our main website, parkinsonsrecovery.com. You'll see a link on the main page to Jump Start to Wellness. If you can't remember the detail of the main website address, All you have to remember are two words, the word Parkinson's and the word recovery. If you type those two words on pretty much any search engine, the first result that will come up 
of the listing of results is parkinsonsrecovery.com. That is the main website for what we do here, which is to provide information, support, and resources to individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's and who are looking for ways to get relief from their symptoms. We now return back to Kevin Lockett, who will now talk about strategies to enhance mobility for individuals who have the symptoms of your earlier comments about the issues of freezing and the challenge that the center of gravity is actually in front of a person are quite fascinating to me. Uh, If a person went to see you who had the problems of freezing, would you help them get a sense of where that center of gravity is at and how they can shift? I look at it two ways. First of all, I look at it as, as pre- prevention or, or, or trying to avoid the freezing episodes. And again, uh, anecdotally, my experience has been if, um, you know, uh, once the posture starts going down, and a typical kind of uh, posture you may see with, with, with PD is your, your knees are bent, your hips are bent, um, your shoulders are rounded, you're kind of forward. And uh, um, that posture kind of feeds into, uh, you know, the Parkinson's symptoms. And, and a lot of times will trigger um, – you know, the freezing or, or difficulty with, uh, especially in progressed Parkinson's, the, what's called a fascinating gait or the shuffling type of gait, because you're basically trying to keep up with your center of gravity, and if you don't stop, uh, if you stop, you you know, you, you may fall. You know, I even had one uh, uh, very young person uh, who has Parkinson's. She would just uh, get going and literally would run into um, uh, – the wall or something that was stable to right herself because she couldn't stop. So, so if uh, you can keep your center of gravity and, and, and have your posture muscles strong, you'll have that tool to hopefully avoid the uh, the, the uh, episodes. Uh, the other thing is, and there's some interesting. Uh, I just actually read a study last night that, that came out. Um, is uh, teaching people um, strategies and how how to move. Uh, um, and and the, the interesting article I just recently read um, was. Uh, giving you basically broke it up to two different ways to teach, and one was uh, uh, basically internal, uh, but attentional focus uh, uh, research is what this kind of what the premise of the study was, and they examined uh, uh, you know focusing on internal like your own legs uh, uh, cues and or external cues which is something away from your body, and in these, these studies um, the external cues. Um, basically helped uh, unfreeze and help people uh, get out of it. So, for instance, um, there's a lot of predictors uh, or a lot of things that are very, that will trigger freezing. Uh, for a lot of people I work with, some common things are elevators, um, escalators, turning corners. And uh, so what I do is try to train the people uh, so when they encounter those uh, circumstances that they can um, – avoid freezing and so one strategy is always to basically instead of uh, and this was uh, found a really interesting reading this research article because I, I found the same thing uh, in just working with the people that I've uh, worked with is if I have them focus away from their body so for instance if uh, we're going we're having a problem with freezing in the elevator uh, and there's a lot going on if you think about that scenario uh, first of all you have anxiety of okay there's multiple elevators. Which one's going to open up, and, and can I get there before it shuts? Uh, people on the elevator, the timing of the elevator shutting, and so all these things kind of can actually uh, increase uh, some symptoms for people. So what I try to teach people to do is if they have these strategies and the anxiety already goes down, 
And then uh, the external uh, uh, queuing is basically looking at the destination where you want to go. And so I always have people look past the threshold. So if a threshold is a trigger of your freezing, uh, and let's uh, use the elevator example again, it will have them focus not on their feet but uh, are, and not even on the threshold, but past the threshold where they want to go in that elevator and just have them focus right on that spot and walk towards it. And a lot of times uh, it can be effective and, and they can uh, uh, not freeze. Um, so, uh, um, you know, those types of strategies. Uh, a lot of times when people freeze too, um, what happens is it, both your legs are loaded <laughs> and you're, you're literally frozen. And then if you don't have a strategy, you try to move um, – with both your legs loaded, and a lot of times that can throw you off balance and, and uh, sometimes uh, contribute to a fall. And so uh, what, I, what I'll teach people to do is uh, get, uh, is to stop um, and try to take control, uh, uh, so basically uh, cautiously move. And so uh, the trick that um, kind of one of the staples that I teach everybody is the, what I call the poor man's hula, to where, okay, if you're frozen, okay, now you have to initiate movement. And so... Uh, you weight shift back and forth, like you're swinging your hips like a hula dancer. <clears throat> you can do this very subtly, and, and uh, this maneuver can, you can do with a matter of three to five seconds. But you just shift from one side, shift to the other, and then you purposely can take a first step towards uh, a, a target away from your body. And, and it pretty much works the uh, majority of the time. Uh, so those types of strategies uh, are, are helpful. So swaying from left to right, not from front to back? Well, I usually have them sway left to right because it's more stable. And then the whole idea is by shifting your weight, you're going to offload. So you can now, now you can pick it up. And the benefit of the swing is then uh, you're, you're basically, now you're moving cautiously. Uh, um, so the, it's the, the cautious movement can, will, will help get you out of the freezing. Um, the, the problem with uh, freezing is that people don't have these uh, uh, strategies, especially with progressed Parkinson's, is they're, they're, they're operating on this automatic pilot that's not working. And so you could basically turn off the automatic pilot, especially during the freezing periods, and then move consciously. And, and, and you can, most circumstances, you can move out of it. And so the, the weight shifting side to side, the poor man's hula, the first thing that it does is, is, is forcing you to um, turn off the faulty automatic pilot. And, and, and basically you're grabbing the, the steering wheel and you're driving your body uh, uh, yourself, and uh, so because that takes a car, you teach yourself to to do that. You're consciously uh, thinking about your movement, and then basically the weight shift to one side offloads the leg, and then you can pick it up. And again, my experience has been if you can focus on where you want to step, uh, it just works. Uh, seems to work better. It's called poor man's sula, S-U-L-A? Oh, no, no, it's, it's my, I'd be in Hawaii, poor man's hula, like a hula dancer. Oh, a hula, H-U-L-A. Oh, so yeah, you're, that's yeah. why you're swinging back and forth. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, so it's, uh, but it, it's interesting because it, this, this article kind of, uh, um, kind of validates it, uh, uh, you know, what we found out, you know, pragma, uh, you know, just pragmatically approaching things uh, of what works and what doesn't work, and so... Um, the article I'm referencing just came out. It was actually in the Physical Therapy Journal um, that came out this month. And it's called External Focus Instructions Reduce Postural Instability in Individuals with Parkinson's Disease. So um, it's a very, very good article. And, again, it, it, it validates some of the things that I've been seeing. When you mentioned that the center of gravity is in front of the person, 
does that mean literally that that center might even be outside their body, or is it just not placed in the center of their physical body? Well, you make adjustments and you compensate, or, or, or you would fall. Uh, um, so, uh, uh, what will happen? Uh, there's two things that 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 I see uh, that posture affects um, mobility for persons with Parkinson's, and one is uh, uh, again, it's that, that posture where your knees are, are 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 bent, your hips are bent, your shoulders are round, and your head is forward. So, two things can happen. So. In circumstances uh, uh, where you're in this type of posture, and it's kind of like a kind of a humped posture, um, if you reach overhead or you're walking up even a slight incline, now in that circumstance your center of gravity uh, tends to go backwards, and you can fall backwards. Um, and and um, you know the, the the big word they use is retropulsion for Parkinson's, which basically means falling backwards. Um, which is one of the postural instabilities that you have with Parkinson's. Uh, from a gait standpoint, walking is when you're in that posture, again, with your knees flexed and your hips flexed, and um, uh, you're basically kind of leading your walking with your head and your shoulders. Um, and, uh, and then once you get going, uh, some people have a difficult time <coughs> controlling their movement, and uh, in that case, they go forward. And so a lot of times... Um, um, uh, if they can't, you know, they they can't stop because they can't catch up with their their head and their shoulders, uh, and, and it can lead to a fall. We'll be right back with Kevin after this short station break. This is Robert Rogers, and this, of course, is Parkinson's Recovery. We offer extensive information and choices that can be considered by individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. I do a radio show every week on Thursday. We have a blog where information is disseminated about what's helping individuals with Parkinson's get relief from their symptoms. I do a regular newsletter. I'm about to come out with the Parkinson's Recovery magazine this summer, which will be a monthly free issue of a magazine with contributors just like Kevin Lockett, who will have an article in the magazine each and every month, as well as other authors from various backgrounds, including naturopath, uh, medicine, medical doctors, and uh, healthcare practitioners of many different types. I've written three books. Road to Recovery from Parkinson's Disease is a summary of many of the different kinds of discoveries we've made over the last uh, number of years with regard to Parkinson's. Pioneers of Recovery is an inclusion of interviews with individuals who tell their stories about what's made a difference to them. And Five Steps to Recovery is a book that contains ways to transform the thought processes that are inhibiting an individual's ability to feel better and get relief from their symptoms. It's a lot of information, and many people tell me, boy, this is an overload. This is a lot of information. I certainly can't do everything that talked about in the many different programs and books and CDs and meditations and there's even a member website where I do meditations every day. So admittedly it's a bit of an overload. It's a lot of information and many people say I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. I'm a bit stuck. That's as it turns out the reason we have decided to do at least once a year the Jumpstart to Wellness program. 
The program has nothing to do with proposing to people, here's the six steps you can take in order to be able to recover. It's not about that, because quite frankly, we don't know what those six steps are for you personally. What we do know is that there are some self-help techniques, there's some tools, there's some guidance that we can teach you to get that will enable you to be able to make informed choices about what ought to be the next steps you need to take in order to be able to get sustained relief from your own symptoms. In other words, we provide you with the opportunity to custom design the next steps that will give you the greatest return for the energy, the effort, and the resources you might want to devote to your own recovery program. So we don't have booths, we don't have vendors, we don't have products, we're not pushing a particular program of one type or another. We convene together a critical body of individuals, all of whom are on the road to recovery. Everyone who comes to Jumpstart, as it turns out, is attracted to the idea that, yes, it is possible to be able to feel a lot better and to join others on the road to recovery. So it's inspirational, it's motivational, and it enables all of us who are present to immerse ourselves into that positive thought form template, that true template that lets us all know that, yes, indeed, the body knows how to heal itself. All we need to do is to give it just a little bit of help sometimes. What are the two most important exercises anyone with the symptoms of Parkinson's who has balance problems need to do in order to maintain balance and enhance their own mobility? Kevin Lockett has the answer. of gravity is key and posture is what really makes all the difference in the world. When a person goes to see you for some assistance, you are really helping them become aware of their posture, all aspects of their posture, so that they can affect that center of gravity. Yeah, correct. Uh, um, is uh, yeah, these exercises aren't things that typically people do, and, and so they are kind of new and for most people. And, and most of it involves, uh, for some of the posture muscles, it is getting on your stomach. Yeah, and a lot of people don't like to do that as well. <laughs> but they're really they're really effective. And, and so some of the exercises, uh, uh, one is basically if you were laying. Um, on your on your bed, and actually better to lay on the end of your bed with your uh, arms hanging over the end of your bed is uh, one of the better exercises for the upper back posture. It's called Superman, where you basically are raising your legs up as if you're flying. Uh, and what that does is uh, it, you know, it recruits basically all your upper back muscles. And you do this while you're looking down so you don't hyperextend your neck. So Superman is, is one of my uh, staple exercises that I try to teach everyone. And if people can, uh, <clears throat> depending upon you know their age and, and, and posture changes that they may already have, like let's say if they have a scoliosis or kyphosis, you know then you can modify that position by you know by putting pillows or that kind of thing. But uh, um, uh, getting on your stomach is one of the best ways to work your um, your postural muscles. Another one again that people these are unfamiliar to uh, most people. They're not something that you would typically do in a gym, but uh, they really work well, uh, again, for encouraging uh, the posture uh, in general, but especially for Parkinson's, is laying on your stomach and lifting up your arm, outstretched, uh, and then lifting up the opposite leg, and then alternating uh, that movement from right to left, you know, uh, right arm, left leg, left arm, right leg, and going back and forth. And again, that recruits 
all your extensor muscles, the muscles that keep you upright and help you fight gravity <laughs> when you're standing. And, um, again, that's, uh, you know, if I only had two, two exercises or people only had time to do two exercises, those would be the two uh, that I would start them out with. Oh, that's amazing. So on the first, you're on your stomach, you're on your bed, your arms are probably off the bed, and then you're lifting up your legs into the air, but you're not trying to lift your arms. Is it, do I have that correctly? No, actually the opposite. The first, the first one is uh, you're lifting, your arms are hanging over the end of the bed, and you're lifting up your, your arms. And, and what that does is it recruits your uh, upper back muscles. So you're working Oh, got your, it. Okay. Not, your you're not lifting your legs, you're lifting your arms up then. Right, right. And so the, the posture that you're in when your arms are up, it, almost, it would almost it looks like the posture as if you were flying. That's why I call it Superman. Oh, um, yeah. And then the second one is then you can scoot back up on the bed or on the mat, and you can do some of these on the floor, I suppose, um, is uh, you, you're in the kind of same position you are as Superman, except now you're supported by the bed, and you're going to lift up one arm outstretched in the opposite leg. And it recruits all your extensor muscles, uh, uh, um, um, and then you do the opposite side, uh, op- but it's always opposite arm, opposite leg. And again, it's just uh, um, it, it it targets uh, basically your your anti gravity muscles, your postural muscles, so your upper back, your hip extensor, and it's they're just effective, but they're not positions that people are used to getting into or even like to get into, but they're, they are very effective. We'll be right back with Kevin Lockett after this short station break. This is Robert Rogers, and of course, this is Parkinson's Recovery. You're listening to my interview with physical therapist Kevin Lockett from Hawaii. If you'd like to be able to get additional information about our Jump Start to Wellness program, which begins the 18th of October, Monday evening at 7 p.m. and concludes on Wednesday, October the 20th at 5.30 p.m. in San Diego, California, you can visit the website and find it easily by, first of all, going to the main website for Parkinson's Recovery, which is the combination of the two words, join together, parkinsonsrecovery.com. And you'll see on the main page, there's a link to Jumpstart. And once you follow that link on the page, there's a description of everything we do at the Jumpstart to Wellness program. So if you want more information, you can go to the website. If you don't have your computer, or if you do, feel free to call our toll-free number, and you'll be able to reach me directly. That number is 877-526-4646. Again, that toll-free number is 877-526-4646. We're taking enrollments now for Jumpstart to Wellness, uh, and we have a very limited uh, uh, cap on the number of people who can actually participate in our program. We actually only accept 25 individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's. So if this is something that interests you, I would uh, strongly advise that uh, you go ahead and register, and if you need to back out for whatever reason, of course, that's easy to do. Next, I'm going to be asking Kevin some rather fascinating questions about rigidity and what you can do if you happen to be an individual that is struck with the challenge of rigidity. He's going to also talk about the value of, hold on to your seats, tango 
dancing. What about the challenge of rigidity? So let's say a person isn't uh, challenged with rigidity of uh, freezing and they don't have any shuffling problems, but they're just totally rigid, so they don't even want to get to start exercising. What do you do in that case? One thing that I focus a lot on uh, with almost specifically for rigidity is one of the first things that you will lose with your walking is with the rigidity is, is arm swing. That's one of the first things that kind of the subtle uh, changes with your walking. And then what happens when you don't swing your arms, it, and again, a lot of this has to do with the rigidity that you have in your trunk, is then, then you don't rotate your pelvis and you have this really stiff gait. Then things get tight and then it gets even more difficult uh, to move and you kind of get that kind of downward spiral. So I, I try to do a lot of uh, <laughs> a rotation to, to help loosen up people's trunk and, and, and try to uh, help uh, decrease, you know, the effects of the rigidity. And, and the, so when I talk about rotation, so uh, if you're uh, laying down and doing an exercise, one, one simple one is laying with your feet flat, your knees are up, so they call it the hook lying position, and uh, keeping your shoulders on the bed and just rolling your knees from side to side. And what that does is it, it basically stretches your uh, upper body opposite direction of your lower body, which helps keep your trunk loose. In standing uh, for rotation, what I do is have a person clasp their hands and kind of basically mimic, mimicking a golf swing. So you'll, you can, you'll, have your hand, you'll, hold, you'll have your hands clasped and, and put them on uh, one side of your hip and go up over the opposite shoulder and stretch and then doing that to both sides to uh, loosen up the trunk. And a lot of times, if you can start getting some rotation back into your trunk, it's a little bit easier to uh, to, to, to move. Uh, so that's kind of my strategy. Rigidity is tough because the, the, the only thing that I work on it the most really is the medications. But I have found if we can kind of put rotation back in, into their trunk and movement, that that, that is helpful. Do you have a particular movement or exercise that is helpful for a person who is unable to walk at all? Uh, well, it depends upon um, why. <laughs> if, they're, if they're just so frozen or um, if they're deconditioned, um, yeah. Um, if I have somebody who um, is not able to walk, I'll, first of all, I'll assess you know, what, what their, their, their strengths and weaknesses are. Um, and just kind of go for there because some, sometimes there's a lot of factors that could be in there. So it could be uh, they're so deconditioned and it could be their range of motion. They can't even extend all the way out because they've been in a wheelchair for so long. Uh, then they have soft tissue tightness that you got to uh, – um, so it really kind of depends upon the, 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 the circumstance. Why is it that exercise really helps a person feel better? I don't know. You know, the, they the, again, on the studies they're looking at uh, – um, some, some different things. Uh, um, you know, even if you don't have Parkinson's, you know, just the, the exercise in general, you know, you have the release of the endorphins and all that. I mean, that is uplifting and, and you, uh, but in regards specifically to Parkinson's, I, I think that's where the research is going to try, try to understand um, the effects of exercise in particular, you know, on, on, on dopamine. And, you know, there's, there's a lot of uh, research going on in dopamine past Parkinson's. There is, um, they're looking at, uh, at that area of the brain is responsible for a lot of uh, decision making and, and gratification, and a lot of it goes back to that magical, you know, chemical of dopamine. And uh, so, in, in the researchers are, are looking at 
again, uh, exercises, uh, effective exercise on, on dopamine cells. And um, so I kind of have to wait uh, to see <laughs> you know, uh, uh, what's coming with that because uh, I really don't know the answer to that question other than, uh, um, uh, again, anecdotally, what we're seeing that's working and, and uh, you know, what uh, the researchers have uh, shown us uh, right now with primarily, you know, uh, well, mice, but then recently in primates in, uh, in, uh, in Zygmunt's uh, research. You've had, uh, obviously, a great deal of close contact with individuals who have the symptoms of Parkinson's, and your expertise and focus is on exercise. Uh, what else have you learned about or discovered people do who have the symptoms of Parkinson's that help them feel better other than exercise? I think, uh, again, there's, there's three parts to what I, if I had to simplify and break down what I teach, and, and that's really basically what I do. I, I, I've kind of found I'm, I'm teaching versus kind of working on the person, basically teaching the person uh, strategies. And, and the three parts, again, and we, we talked about it, one is posture. The second one is basically mobility skills, uh, movement uh, strategies, so when you do get in, in, in trouble. And I, what I found is that uh, once they learn these strategies, it, it really um, helps in, in uh, decreasing anxiety uh, uh, because they have a – if this problem comes up, they, they have a strategy or solution, uh, you know, for it. And, and um, so I think there's a, there's a certain bit of confidence that comes with that. You know, you don't want to be out in the public in certain circumstances get stuck or uh, or at home where you've been falling consistently. Now that you have a strategy, then you hardly fall at all. And I think that just gives you confidence, more confidence in your mobility if you if you have these uh, strategies outside your medication. Because, again, a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times uh, it's, it's fairly common for um, – to have movement challenges is during that time uh, where your medications are, are, are not effective or, or you're are kind of in between or they're wearing off. And, and so um, that's when these, these strategies you can pull out. And, and, again, just having those can give you, I think, a lot of confidence. Some people that I have talked with uh, use a number of different aids to help with the mobility challenges. For example, some people I've talked to actually put uh, strips of tape in their house so that they can focus their attention ahead of themselves. Other people use uh, lasers. You know, they have a little laser light that they uh, use to focus attention ahead of them. Is that anything that you've seen work successfully with people, or is that anything that you would recommend to people that they consider doing? Uh, yeah, you know, the, uh, uh, get under the research um Basically, that those are all cues. It goes back to that, you know, that automatic uh, pilot that, you know, before you have Parkinson's, you don't think to move, you just you move, right? You get up and yeah, you twist, you turn, you move. With Parkinson's, that automatic pilot doesn't always always work, and that's when you can get in trouble. And so, uh, you really have to rely on uh, conscious movement and then uh, external cues because your internal cues aren't working. And and, uh, and so all those things are, are great external cues. So the 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 uh, lasers um, basically give you an external cue to, to step uh, towards the tape marks on the wall or external cues uh, uh, that give you a, give you a target and, and they help you through the, those freezing periods. So uh, people will actually some people will hum, <laughs> some people will tap. You know, I, I know that some therapists that I've met before uh, will use metronomes. To, um, to, again, it's a, a rhythm. It's uh, 
All, anything that's an external cue can be helpful. Even uh, music, I guess, marching music or music that has a good beat to it? Yeah, there's a lot of, uh, actually, there's a, just a bunch of stuff coming out now uh, with uh, in regards to dance, uh, Parkinson's. They did an interesting study on tango uh, that came out of uh, St. Louis, uh, the, the program university uh, in St. Louis, Washington University in St. Louis. They had basically a tango group, uh, uh, external uh, a traditional exercise group, and a, and a control group that did nothing. And the tango group, by far, did much, much better on all the testing when they looked at mobility and, and uh, the different uh, testing. And, uh, you know, it was the rhythm. It's a purposeful movement. I, I, you know, I'm not a tango dancer, so, but uh, from what I hear, you know, it, it's, it, it's, it's all very purposeful. Um, and, and they've done in regards to looking at the the factors they're looking at that it had basically had improved mobility way above uh, even a traditional exercise group and so and there's a lot of other things with dance if you actually uh, uh, google Parkinson's and dance you'll probably see hundreds if not thousands of, of uh, projects in uh, research are uh, looking at dance but again it's, it's using external cues whether they're auditory cues you know music Rhythm, or you know, uh, you know, physical cues, visual cues, uh, those types of things. All those things, the laser light, the tape on the floor, any kind of auditory, any type of cueing can be very helpful. It's an external cue that's going to help. It sounds like. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, yeah, and it really kind of you know, it, it's kind of a personal thing. So whatever works, what cue works best for the individual is is the best cue. I don't think there's one single um, uh, answer. Uh, one thing that I, I've worked on that's just kind of an industry using cues too is when people are having difficulty with with their walking and they don't have the, the maybe you're losing arm swing or uh, you have uh, I'll teach them a four point gait with basically walking sticks and so basically uh, the whole idea of it is one is you bring walking to a conscious level because you, the cue is you're holding a stick and then it helps you with your posture, and then it basically reestablishes a normal gait pattern because what you do is you, you advance the pole with your arm, and then you step with the opposite leg, and then you advance the pole with the other arm, you step with the opposite leg, and so on and so forth. So you're basically uh, restoring uh, uh, arm swing, the rotation at your pelvis and all those things. You move purposely, and because the poles are, are tall, it keeps your posture upright. And so it's been a, a great way to use an external cue to um, kind of help reestablish your gait. The interesting thing is there, uh, there's uh, it's kind of become a fitness craze for for seniors uh, is is basically the kind of um, like cross country ski poles or walking hiking sticks. So so it's not uh, uncommon to see people at least in Hawaii you know kind of trekking along with these with these sticks and so. Um, but it's, it's been a great uh, uh, tool that I use in the clinic. And what, what some people will do is if they have problems with their gait, you know, and they don't want to carry around sticks or walking poles, is uh, if they train with it, uh, what will happen is I'll, I'll teach them to uh, pull out their imaginary poles if they feel like their gait is kind of going downhill and they're having trouble moving, is uh, to pull out their imaginary poles and, and, and do the sequence, and a lot of times uh, that'll help them get out of that or reestablish their gait, and they, they, uh, they're more uh, stable. But again, that's using those poles, or uh, you're basically using an external cue again. 
There was a recommendation I heard just uh, several weeks ago of a person who had some mobility challenges who bounced a ball as he took his walks. And it sounds like what you're saying is the reason that's successful for him is it is another form of an external cue. Yeah, no, definitely. That's, uh, uh, yeah, that would be a cue, definitely be a cue. Uh, it's, it's interesting because now there's a whole, the, the, some of the research that I'm looking at is, uh, and that's, they're, they're doing more, it's called attentional focus research. So far, the studies predominantly show, you know, if you focus on external cues or ex- uh, versus internal cues, that this seemed to do better, or external focus versus an internal focus. Like the ball would be an external focus. The walking sticks would be an external focus. And the Eight. internal just, just doesn't work as well. It, it it doesn't work as well. And I think, uh, you know, the studies, most of the studies are showing that, and then just, just anecdotally, just from my observation, I, I find that to be true as well. Not sure exactly why, but... (laughs) We'll be right back with Kevin Lockett after this short station break. I'm Robert Rogers. This is Parkinson's Recovery, and you're listening to my pre-recorded interview with Kevin Lockett, physical therapist from Hawaii. If you have already signed up for Start to Wellness that's going to be held October 18th through 20th in San Diego, California... I encourage you to contact Truckee Robertson. His name would be in the information you already have from Twin Harbors Travel. Truckee's job in collaboration with Parkinson's Recovery is to make travel to San Diego stress-free so that the minute you leave your home in order to be able to get to where you need to go to participate in Jumpstart to Wellness, uh, that whole travel experience is indeed pleasurable effortless and stress-free. Truck is quite incredible in terms of the work that he does, and he goes out of his way to make sure that there are no glitches, problems, or stress-producing kinds of uh, challenges. So uh, just as a reminder, if you've already signed up, be sure to contact him for all of your plane reservations or travel arrangements and he'll be able to answer all of your questions about uh, how do you get there and, um, you know, what the hotel is like and what, what, what will you need in order to be able to have the best time possible. Have you ever wondered about what you can do if you happen to have restless leg syndrome? Well, if you have it, you certainly have wondered about it, and there are a number of different solutions that uh, I've generated in the result of uh, my interviews and research that I've done over the past years, but Suzanne Jonas has a medicine-by-ear solution that she has just developed and issued, and the results of that have been quite promising. I am quite certain, for those of you who are listening to this uh, show today, you haven't heard about a medicine-by-ear restless leg syndrome therapy. And so what you're going to find out is everything there is to know about that particular remedy next week on my show, which airs at 11 o'clock on Thursday, Pacific Time, again, uh, Eastern Time, United States, that's 2 o'clock on Thursday. Or, of course, you can always listen to the shows after they are aired through your computer. If you don't have a computer or if you know individuals who would like to listen to these programs but are unable to do so because they don't have access to a computer, please let them know that they can always call a telephone number when my radio shows are aired and listen to them live. That telephone number is 347 945 
888-528-5358. And if you'd like to get additional information about any of the programs uh, that Parkinson's Recovery supports, you can always call our toll-free number, which is 877-526-4646, or email me at the following email address, Robert, R-O-B-E-R-T, at parkinsonsrecovery.com. That's the word Parkinson's without an apostrophe combined together with the word recovery.com, dot C-O-M. Now, the real question turns on after all of these incredibly insightful, useful suggestions that physical therapist Kevin Lockett has given us about what you can do if you're having mobility challenges. What's the bottom line? What is it that you really need to know more about? One of the things you wrote to me several weeks ago was, was quite striking to me. You said, well, you know, most of what I teach, I've learned from my patients. <laughs> That's quite fascinating. What life lessons have you learned from working with people who have the symptoms of Parkinson's? First of all, the, uh, the population that, that I've had the privilege to work with, they are, they're just, uh, I don't know, just great people. <laughs> so I've learned a lot of lessons outside of therapy. But, you know, people figure things out. And then uh, so... I, I'm in a position to learn from from people and, and pass on that um, that knowledge to to, to others. Uh, one uh, thing that I learned uh, over the last year uh, was a, a strategy that a, a gentleman named Doug, uh, when he was uh, he's had Parkinson's for over 20 years, just a, a fascinating individual. Uh, he's in a, he's 70 74. And he still is, works full time, is is big kind of deal maker. Uh, anyway, he would have problems where he would uh, start losing his balance forward and 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 uh, had a lot of near misses and and, and was falling. And, and one strategy that he just figured out was as he was falling forward, he would take his arms and just throw them up in the air, <laughs> kind of like a hallelujah type of uh-huh. uh, uh, movement. And um, and he found that. When anytime he started flying forward, he did that. He he would stop his progression forward and ride his balance, and he could um, then he could go again. And, and he you know he said if he hasn't used that technique, that he probably would have fallen, you know, many 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 times. And what that that movement does, and it makes sense. I'm like, wow, that, how'd you figure that? Because his center of gravity is getting way in front of him. He can't catch up with it. And so what he does by throwing your arms up in the air. It actually moves your center of gravity backwards. Uh, oh, that's so cool! Under your feet, <laughs> yeah. and uh, and I says, "Wow, Doug, I'm going to borrow that." You know, and, I, <laughs> and actually, the, the the project that we recently did, the DVD and the book, you know, you know that you know that's in there. Uh, uh, you know, so a, 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 again, a lot of stuff that uh, uh, you know I've learned uh, was either directly that like that one that Doug showed me, um, or, or through observation on how people figure things out. I'm going, oh, that's a good strategy. I'm going to borrow that. Uh, um, I call tell them golden people. nuggets. Every once in a while you get a golden nugget, and you, you, oh, you, know. you have enough golden nuggets, you're going to be rich. <laughs> that's right. So tell people about your uh, DVD and your book. Uh, yeah, we just recently uh, completed a project in the last year, and the, the DVD actually is, is out. It's called Move It. It's basically a movement guide for uh, an exercise guide for persons with Parkinson's. And the book version um, has a lot of that information, but other more information that didn't translate the video. So there's a section on uh, actually what exercises to do in a commercial gym. Uh, that would have been kind of boring to put in a video. So 
So, uh, so they're kind of a companion uh, um, book DVD, but there's there's different information in, in both. The project was basically inspired by the, the people I work with. I would teach a lot at these um, support groups, and people would ask, "Well, this is great. You know, this has been real helpful." Do you have a video? Do you have a video? And I got tired of people asking, or you know, saying, "No, I don't have a video." <laughs> and um, decided that well, maybe I should do this. And um, so it was an interesting journey um, because I am not a, even though I kind of had a little bit of background in journalism in my early career, I uh, I didn't have any uh, experience in producing a DVD. But it uh, it is one of those things that were meant to be. We ended up uh, getting some help with some funding. Ended up working with some wonderful people. People actually came out of the woodwork to be part of the, the project. I've had you know, a whole team of neurologists that helped review the script, and one neurologist, Dr. Melvin E., who agreed to be filmed and, and do the introduction. And our narrator for the DVD was uh, Wally Amos uh, of uh, the Cookie Fame, uh, the old famous Amos Cookie Fame, and uh, who did a wonderful job of narrating and kind of taking people through uh, through all that. So... Uh, so it was a great, great experience. It's out now. We have a website. Basically, it's called Parkinson's with an S. Moveit.com, and uh, there's some more information on that. We do have uh, some people who are uh, connected and will be listening to this who, who live in Hawaii and uh, can connect with you. But many people visit Hawaii on vacations or they have relatives there. How would somebody connect with you or get in touch with you if they happen to be in the area and want to uh, get some help? Um, actually, if they, they get on the website, our, our, our contact information uh, uh, is in there, and uh, um, there's actually some pretty active groups too. So um, there's the Hawaii Parkinson's Association, and they have uh, information about you know where uh, all the groups and where they meet and when they meet, and uh, so that, that would be another way to uh, uh, interact with uh, other people and see what we're doing in Hawaii as well as just reach me because they're, they're very familiar with me as well. If there is one thing that you would want a person listening to this conversation to remember, what would it be? Um, I guess with, uh, I would say posture and purposeful movement and exercise daily. So that's three things. <laughs> <laughs> but, but those three things will really uh, kind of help people take control you know, of, their, of their mobility, really. Yeah, again, posture, exercise, purposeful movement. Am I allowed to three instead of one? <laughs> are there four or five? <laughs> well, those are my main three, yeah. Uh, and, you know, it's very clear, The as I listened to the thread of your discussion over this last hour, that it's very clear that the people that you're working with and providing assistance to are leading productive, active, very rich lives and that a lot of what you're, you're, you're being able to do for them is allowing them to be able to go out there in the world and do what they need to do. Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, some of these, these people are, that I have the privilege to work with are amazing, amazing what they're doing. Yes, very productive and, and very active, yes. Yeah. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for, for being with us today, uh, Kevin. It's been, for me, a truly fascinating discussion. Oh, thank you so much. I, I really enjoyed it. And that's what's happening at Parkinson's Recovery on the shores of the Puget Sound, where all the men are handsome, all the women are smart, and all the all the children are loved. Know that you are on the road to recovery. Good day.